we just come to you right now, God, and I just ask, Father, that you would just be here, your spirit in this place in a mighty way, God. And thank you that you're here among us because your word very clearly says that where two or more are gathered, you're here. And so, Lord, we don't take that lightly. We thank you for being here. We ask, God, I ask, Lord, that you would just meet each and every person here. Lord, they made a way in their day. They came out. They set aside the time, and now they need to hear your words, not mine, but yours. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would speak to them. Speak to them, Lord. Help them to hear your voice clearly and then to act on it. Whatever whatever word you give them, help them to step out in obedience to it. And I thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so ladies, we have been doing our mission, GD Women Mission. And if you hadn't got that, we're going to go back over it one more time. And here it is up here. So GD Women Mission is, our purpose, of course, is disciple women of GD Women, of GD Christian Center, to teach and then to reach our community and world for Christ. So week one, we talked about how we want all women to realize that God loves them. Uh, And Pam did a great job uh, talking about that. She talked about really grasping how deep and wide and long and high the love of Jesus is. I think that we have to start there, don't we? You know, if we don't understand that and if we can get a hold of that, if we can really get a hold of how much God loves us, we're never the same. We're never the same. How can you how can we ever be the same when we really, really grasp how much God loves us? Um, So that's number one. And then the second one is about teaching women how to deepen their relationships uh, to God. And Nanette talked about that, you know, by transforming our minds. Uh, That's how we get closer to God. We transform our minds, not of the world, but what God says. And the next one is to help each woman use their God-given gifts for her. You know, we want to help women understand what their gifts are and to use them. Um, So we want each woman to understand that God gave them a gift, first of all, because every single one of you, once you accept Christ, the Holy Spirit's within you, and he's given you spiritual gifts. And the reason he gives you spiritual gifts is so that you can use them to build up the body of Christ. That's why you have spiritual gifts, and you're supposed to be walking in those spiritual gifts. And so if you don't know what your spiritual gifts gifting is, we have this great test you can take. We usually, <laughs> yes, we do, and we usually have a class every year or so that helps us figure out what those gifts are, and then we have all sorts of places we can plug you in to help you use your spiritual gifting. And then tonight we're going to talk about how to help uh, women form healthy relationships with other women because we at GD Women offer things to help women meet women so that they can form healthy relationships with one another. You know, lots of women don't like women. (laughs) It's just the truth. They've had bad experiences with women in their past. you know, when I have sat down with the people that are on the GD Women board, <laughs> almost almost every single one of them started out not liking women. They didn't trust women. They didn't they they didn't like them. They're like, I don't like women. And God t- completely changed their heart around, obviously. And obviously now they love women. Clearly, they're ministering to women. That's what God's called them to do. And so, um, you know, God is able to do all sorts of different things. But, but you know, we often start out not seeing what real relationships should look like because we have bad models, you know. We just have bad models. Um, and we get damaged along the way, right? We just get damaged along the way. 
Um, what does a biblical relationship look like? One, it's characterized by love. Biblical relationships are characterized by love. Uh, our verse that G.B. Lemon uses for this, and which is, by the way, the verse for the retreat, A Beautiful Life, is 1 Peter 1.22. Uh, it says, now that you have purified yourself by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. Now, anytime that you're reading your Bible and it says whatever it says, you always should go back and figure out who's saying it, why are they saying it, who are they talking to, what's the context of it. And especially if they're going now, <laughs> you know, who's, or therefore, you should go back and say, now what? You know, now that you purified your heart. So the whole chapter before that is talking about is talking to is peter talking to actually he's, he's talking to exiles scattered throughout all the provinces and he's saying wow guess what praise be to god you know jesus is resurrected you know that he's the way you you've accepted him in your life be alert be sober know that there's people trying to hurt you um that you were chosen and you believe in him you believe that God raised him, Jesus. You believe in Jesus. You know that he raised him from the dead. You know that, he, that God glorified him. So your faith and your hope are in God. That's verse 21. Now that you've purified yourself by obeying the truth, meaning now you're a Christian. Now you know Jesus. Okay, so these are people that are Christians. We're talking about Christians. So what they need to do is they need to love each other. So the, this command is for Christians loving Christians, right? That's what this is about, Christians loving Christians. So it's talking about we need to have a sincere love for each other. So, you know, I'm really into, like, what does sincere mean? So I always look everything up in the dictionary, right? So sincere means free from pretense or deceit, proceeding from genuine feelings. Now, one thing that's one of my pet peeves are fake smiles. <laughs> you know, if you're going to smile at me, don't fake smile at me. Just don't smile at all, you know, really. <laughs> it's like. It's like, really, just don't do it. <laughs> if you're in a bad mood and you don't feel like smiling, it would be better just to frown at me. Because, <laughs> you know, when people fake smile at me, I'm like, really? <laughs> so we want to be sincere. We want to do it because don't you think that people understand? Don't you know when someone's being sincere with you, when they're really doing it from the heart, they're, not, they're just not faking it or putting it on? Right. So we want to do it with sincere, with genuine feelings. It's that agape love. Right, this this self-giving, sacrificial love that we're called to do. It's promoting the good of others. You know, how do we know how to love? How do we know how to love? Well, you know, how do we know how to love? Like I said before, some people never had it modeled to them. You know, some people have horrible relationships with their mothers or don't have a mother. Some people never had women in their lives that treated them right. Some people were abused by their mother. Um, you know, they don't have a good woman that models what it really looks like to be loved correctly in a womanly relationship. But in Thessalonians, Paul tells the Thessalonians that you know how to love because God taught you how to love. That's what it says. And 1 John 4, if you want to learn about love, 1 John 4 is a great chapter to read about love because it says that we love because he first loved us. That's why we love, because he first loved us. So we're back to mission number statement number one, right? The first part is we have to believe that God loves us. Because if you don't believe that God loves you, I don't know how you can love your Christian sisters. You know, it starts there, right? It starts here. It starts with believing that God really loves you. And 
and then allowing him to love others through you. And then, of course, everybody knows, what's the love chapter? Right, exactly, 1 Corinthians 13. Now, I have to tell you, when I read 1 Corinthians 13, I'm like, that is not me. (laughs) You know, how does anybody really love like that? And, of course, I'm always thinking about, okay, how do I treat my husband? You know, (laughs) because, you know, it says love is patient and kind, and it doesn't envy, and it doesn't boast, and it's not proud, and it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered. There's no record of wrongs. It rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, never fails. And, you know, the only way that we can really love like that, obviously, is how? Through the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, there's no way that we can love like that. Now, some of them, some of them I'd probably do better than others. Uh, no record of wrongs is a little hard sometimes. <laughs> Keeping that scorecard. Score but, um, you know. Um, but that's how we're called to love, ladies. That's how we're called to love, you know. Just think how that would revolutionize the church even, just inside. I'm not even talking about outside. I'm talking about inside if we started loving each other really like that, like we're called to love. Um, and then in, in Romans, it says be devoted to one another, devoted. The synonyms for devoted are loyal, faithful, committed, true, constant, steadfast, dedicated. Wow. Those are big words too, aren't they? And so how, my question to you is, how do you love hard-to-love people? Now, let's just admit it. Come on, ladies, admit it. There are some ladies that are just hard to love. <laughs> yeah? Yeah? Okay. Not, okay. <laughs> let's just be honest. You probably met some people. And, again, I'm not talking about people that don't know any better. I'm not talking about people out in the world. We're still talking about Christians, okay, people who are here inside. <laughs> All right, I'm talking about Christians. Um, some people are just hard to love. So what do we do? Number one, pray for them. And now, now, ladies, I'm not talking about saying, oh, Jesus, change them. Change them. Make them love me. Make them be nice to me. Make them, you know, make them a different person. Make them more like me. No, <laughs> I'm not talking about that kind of prayer. What I'm talking about is a prayer saying, bless them. Bless them. Bring blessings upon them. That kind of prayer. Because I can guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you start praying for that person that you're having a problem with every day, your heart will change. Your heart will change. You will go and you will see them totally differently because God will start showing you how he sees them. He will, he will show you how he sees them. The second one is actions. Second Peter, I think I have that. Second Peter 1, 5 through 7. It says a new, it, it says, is it second Peter? Oh, nope, that's not it. Never mind, it's not up there. Okay, Second Peter 1, 5 through 7 says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to your goodness, knowledge, to your knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. So those are all pretty big action words, right? Because if you keep adding those things, then you're going to end up loving them. You, you start adding self-control and knowledge and perseverance, be godly, be mutual affection, you're going to end up with love. So do actions. Start doing things for them. Be a person of action. And the third thing is, for those hard-to-love people, is choose to love. Choose to love them. First, Corinth, First John, again, we're going back to First John 4. 
19 through 21. Guess what, guys? It says, whoever doesn't love, and I'm going to substitute sister in for brother, okay? It says, whoever doesn't love her sister who she has seen cannot love God who she has not seen. Whoever loves God must love her sister. That's a command. There's no choice there. He doesn't say, well, you know, if they're nice to you today, you can be nice to them and love them. And if they're not, well, you know, I understand. It's okay. No. He says you must love them. So it's really not a choice. It's a command. So you need you just make a choice. You say, God, wow, I don't really feel like I love them. I don't really want to love them because they did this, this, and this to me. Right? But you choose. You make a choice. You, it, you choose. It's a command. Uh, then, guess what? Then that love, I mean, we're just talking about Christian sisters, right? But that love turns outward. Right? The love turns outward then. John 13, 34 through 35, I think that was there. There we go. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So must you love one another. Again, command, right? He's commanding us. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples. If you love one another. So now that love turns outward. Again, we're, we're, like I said, that would completely revolutionize inside, but boy, wouldn't it revolutionize outside? If, if they started seeing us really loving each other instead of fighting each other and our divorce rate's the same as everybody else's divorce rate and we're, you know, doing all the things they're doing and we don't, you know, we're just as bad, you know, bad. As they, as they are, whatever that means. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, we have to love one another, and then they see that. I mean, what, what does the Bible say? It says men are drawn by his love. They're drawn by his love. They don't care what you say. They care what you do. They, you know, they don't care if you go out and thump your Bible and tell them how terrible they are. They're just going to run from you is what they're going to do. But if you go out and you meet them where they are and you love up on them, that does it. That does it. That does it. Okay, the second thing is what our biblical um, relationships look like. They look, they're characterized by encouragement. Okay, First Thessalonians uh, 5.11, excuse me, says, Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another just as you also are doing. And also Hebrews 10.24 says, Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. So, guys, we need to, you know, you see your friend doing something good, say, yay, go, girl, right? You tell them. You say, good job, woohoo, <laughs> right? You stimulate them to good do- deeds. You say, hey, you know, you need to do what's right. Come on, I'll walk beside you. Let's go do something. Let's go do something good. <laughs> let's go. Let's do what's right. Let's go do what's wrong. The third thing is this, that uh, biblical relationships are characterized by is being a truth teller. This one sometimes is a little bit harder. You know, in Romans it says that we're supposed to admonish one another. And admonish is to warn or reprimand someone firmly. Um, you know, I don't know if you've had someone come up to you, but, you know, I've had someone come, some people, I've had this in the past, someone come up to me and they go, well, you know what? I don't think, I didn't like that you did this, this, and this. And I'm like, I don't even know who you are. I didn't say that to him, of course. <laughs> But, you know, you look at them and you say, okay, and you want to prayfully consider what they're saying to you because, you know, who knows, maybe God's using them to tell you something. But it's not the same as if your sister that you spent, you know, that loves you and you know and that they they fed into your life and they, they're, you know, they have taught you th- or whatever, you know, they're your friend. 
tech comes up and tells you that because then you listen because they've deposited something into your life, right? They, they've actually said something to you. So those are the kind of people that you listen to more readily, right? So you need truth tellers in your life. You need accountability. Ladies, if you're not in accountability, <laughs> I just clicked at you. <laughs> you need Christian accountability. You really do. Um, you need it. And then the other thing that we're supposed to do is not just be accountable to say, oh, you know, I need to be nicer to my husband or I need to read my Bible. But guess what it says in James 5:16. It says that we're supposed to confess our sins to one another and pray for one another so that we may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous woman can be can accomplish much. Now, that's a little harder, isn't it? I mean, it's a lot easier for me to say, geez, could you guys keep me accountable not to eat bread this week? <laughs> right to my accountability partners. You know, I'm really trying to go off sugar. Can you help me with that? Um, although that's not easy, but I'm <laughs> just saying, you know, it's a lot easier versus to come and say, wow, you know, I uh, wasn't nice to that person. That was, I would, that was wrong. I, I was wrong. I was wrong. And confessing, or I, I had this bad thought, and, you know, it was not, I wasn't going to the right place with that. It's a lot harder to do that. And, uh, but the Bible also says to do that, confess your sins to one another. But to do that, once again, you have to be the kind of person that someone can trust. You know, I'm not going to go, you know, go to someone I don't know and say, geez, I had this terrible thought about you <laughs> or about someone else, you know, and they're going to go tell everybody else. Oh, gosh, Pastor Katrina, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, you just don't do that. You need to build those relationships so you're able to be a truth teller and that you can confess your sins to one another. And then the next thing that healthy relationships are characterized by is forgiveness. So Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God and Christ also has forgiven you. So, you know, I'm just going to specifically just ask you, are you harboring unforgiveness in your heart towards someone? That's a pretty straight up question. And you just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Because if you are, let me tell you something. And I've lived this, so I know. I know that it is not worth it. It's not worth it. It is not worth it. Because the Bible is very clear that if we don't forgive others, he will not forgive us. And if you want to be separated from God, unforgiveness is a big way to do it. And I've been there, and I... Would I told God, no, I want to hold on to this because I deserve to be upset. I, you know, hey, look what they did to me. I, you know, I, I should be able to be mad. You know, I'm not going to forgive. Have to do with my husband. I'm not going to forgive him. Why should I? You know, why should I? And so I would like come to church and Pastor Gary would talk about forgiveness. I would get in the car and SOS would talk about forgiveness. I would open my Bible and forgiveness. And so finally, God just smacked me and said, hey, is it really worth it? You want to be separated from me? Is that really worth it? And I'm like, no. No, it's not. It's not worth it. So our relationships, we need to be kind to each other, tenderhearted, and forgive each other. Just as Lord, God has forgiven us, right? I mean, really. It says just as he has forgiven us. And how has he forgiven us, ladies? How has God forgiven us? 
guess what? You know, he has forgiven us, and he doesn't even remember. He is as far, you know, it's at the bottom of the ocean. East is from the west, right? It's not just that he's forgiven you. It's gone. Now, I'm not that good. <laughs> I'm not that good, but I'm just saying. It says to forgive as he forgives, all right? And then the next thing that's characterized by it is unity. And John 17, 20 through 23, Jesus, 21, excuse me, Jesus is saying, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I think this is a, a, a hard one because, you know, today's church, if people look at the church, there's so many denominations and different people doing different things. Right. It doesn't look like there's much unity, but I think that we need to keep believe, keep remembering that the people who believe in Jesus. Right. That Jesus is who Jesus said he was. He those are the people that we need to be unified with. Right. That he came. He died. He rose from the dead. He's coming again. And we're able to accept him and and live for him. Those are the people that all the other things that are doctrines or whatever else. That shouldn't really be like, okay, I'm never speaking to you again because you don't believe I believe this, right? <laughs> I mean, yes, we have choices to make, but I just think that we need to come together. And it's very heartening, actually, to see that today's church has come together over things like um, they are coming together over things like um, the sexual se- trade, sex trade, you know, p- bringing people out of that. All sorts of denominations are coming together to work together to try to get people out of sex slavery. And that's awesome. I love it because guess what? The world sees that. The world sees that. That's the love that the world sees. Or reaching the homeless or whatever it is. When they see us doing that or going like Convoy of Hope and going to, to where there's, there's disasters and reaching out and helping those people, they see that. They see us doing that, and that makes a difference. And it's that go- goes across all sorts of denominational boundaries. And that's what we need to do. That's where we need to focus. Um, and we need to be unified within our own people here, too. You know, don't be backstabbing and talking about people behind their backs. Let's be a unified front to show people, again, what God's love looks like, to, that people want to be part. They don't want to say, ooh, I don't want to be part of those women. They're like, mm. <laughs> you know. And then the other thing that's characterized is bearing each other's burdens. Uh, the book, The Road Less Traveled, this guy that wrote it, Scott that Peck, says that he um, begins the book with a, a s- one, like three words. It says, life is difficult. Yeah, life is difficult. Would everybody agree with that? Life is difficult. Life is difficult. You know, it's full of burdens that we have to bear because we live on earth. We're here, ladies. Um we live on earth, and there's a lot of burdens that we have to bear. There's sin in this world, and it stinks. It stinks. It really does. Galatians 6, 1 through 2 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So burden, the Greek word is barios. I'm hopefully pronouncing it right. And it means an overwhelming demand that brings sorrow or grief. So a burden's anything that oppresses your spiritual development. So that can be a lot. I mean, you could list a lot of things that kind of fits that, you know, 
um, definition. Um, I don't know. I don't know how many of you have seen Lord of the Rings. Anybody seen Lord of the Rings? I've seen it like a billion times since I had sons. <laughs> In the Lord of the Rings, the whole thing is this stupid ring <laughs> that Frodo, the guy Frodo, has to take and drop in this the fires of Mordor so that it will be destroyed because it's evil. It's really evil. This ring is really evil. So he's had to carry it through, believe me, oh my gosh, by the time the movie's over, you're like, please just get rid of it. Okay. So he's <laughs> so <laughs> so he has to carry it through all of these places and everybody's having all these fights over and blah blah blah. It goes on and on and on and on and on. Okay. So but he has this friend, Sam, that's with him the whole time. I love Sam. He's my favorite character in the whole movie. Besides Aragorn, he's really cute. But anyway, that's beside the point. Okay. Oh, I'm recording. Oh, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Sorry. Okay. So um, at one point in the movie, and he's almost there, he's almost to his goal, but he, it's just too much for him. And so he just, he collapses. He just can't do it. He goes, I just can't go any further. I'm done. It's over. I don't want to slap him, but that's beside the point, too. So he says, I'm done. And so he just collapses. And his friend Sam says to him, you know, I may not be able to carry the ring, Mr. Frodo, but I can carry you. And so he picks him up, he puts him on his shoulder, and he carries him the rest of the way. And that's what we need to do, right? We can't carry, I can't really carry your burden, Victoria or Del Rita. I can't really take it from you because I'm not Jesus. But I can help you, <laughs> Right? I can help you carry it. You know, we need to lift each other up. We need to be beside each other. We need to make sure that nobody's alone. Nobody should be alone. And the word carry uh, in this context is ongoing. It's not like, oh, do it once and then you're done. <laughs> it's not occasionally. It's continually. You need to continually do it. So my question to you is how do you know if someone has a burden? How do you know? Well, first of all, someone has to share it with you and so then I would encourage you because if you're expecting people to share burdens with you you're going to have to turn around and share them with them right so you're going to have to be the type of person who's transparent enough to share your burdens with other people it goes both ways you know we have to share our struggles with other people um, and then you have to listen and be available because if you're also the type of person that they're like going geez I had a really hard day you're like oh that's too bad bye sorry about that <laughs> you know and again, it's spending time with each other, getting to know each other, because no, well, some people, there are some people that will come up to you that you don't know and dump everything, but most people won't do that. You know, most people won't come up and say, oh, I have this and this and this and this, because they just don't. And, and, and ladies, let's just be honest. You know, I know for a fact, because I have my own issues, <laughs> right? I have my own problems. And so guess what? I know that the people who walk through the door have burdens and problems and they are hurting they're hurting and so we all are we all have something I mean we may be having good times but there's something that we're carrying that we're carrying that we need help with and that's what we're here for that's what we're here for we need to spend time with each other we need to pray we need to encourage we need to lift each other up okay so I have this song from Bill Weathers, which is one of the few songs that I can actually play on the piano, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I could sing it for you. I might do that. But it says, and you probably guys know this song, most of you. It says, sometimes in our life we all have pain, we all have sorrow. But if we are wise, we know that there's always tomorrow. Lean on me. 
when you're not strong and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on or it won't be long and I'm going to need somebody to lean on. Please swallow your pride. If you have faith, you need to borrow for no one can fill those of your needs that you won't let show. You just call on the brother <laughs> when you need a hand. We all need somebody to lean on. I just might have a problem that you'll understand. We all need somebody to lean on. You guys know this? There you go. That's right. So, guys, we need each other. And God has given us unique gifts to build each other up. He has. He's given us gifts. And so first we have to love each other because that takes that, right? And then we need to do it all in humility, right? I mean, obviously. But this is a big, big job. And the only way you can do it is through the Holy Spirit. So let's pray, all right? And then we're going to break into our groups. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have given us relationships. You've done that, Lord. It's You use people. You use our hands and our feet. We need to be Jesus in this skin. And so, God, we pray, Father, that you would show us this week people that we can reach out to, that we can love up on. I pray, Jesus, that every single person here would not feel alone. There are times, God, when we go through things that we are struggling and that we don't know where to turn and we don't know what to do. But we can always turn to you, God. But we need our Christian sisters to come up beside us. Just like Moses had to, had Aaron on his side, Lord, holding up his arm during the battle, God. That's what we need. We need people beside us to help us hold up our arms so that we can continue the fight. And so, God, I pray that you would place women, godly women, in each of these women's lives that can do that for them, that can be with them. Help them to be open trusting, loving God, and help us to make the right choices, God. Help us to make the right choices. Help us to make a choice to be transparent, loving, to confess our sins to one another, God, to just encourage one another. And I thank you, Lord, that you are the God that showed us the way, that you showed us how to love. In Jesus' name, amen.